Good morning and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we share one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton, and today is Wednesday, October 7th, and we're privileged this week to be talking about worship together, a topic that is dear to my heart. Today's texts, if you'd like to pause the player and go read them, is Psalm 102, 12 to 22, 1 Chronicles 16, 23 to 34, and John 4, 19 to 26. And I'll be sharing today from the passage in John, so I'll go ahead and read that for you now. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. So a wonderful passage as Jesus talks with this woman here and wrestles with the realities of worship in his time. Of course, the woman says, um, my Samaritan ancestors say, this is where I'm supposed to worship, but, but you Jews, you say, this is where people must worship. And Jesus' response is something that uh, many people have you know, it's a text that many people have read a lot of meaning into and, and preached on many times through the years that the Father, those who worship the Father will worship him in spirit and in truth. And uh, that language in 24, verse 24 of God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. What, is, what does it mean that God is spirit and that those who worship him do so in spirit and in truth? Um, some people... Some people have talked about that spirit and truth as kind of the head-heart balance, right? Um, that, that what it means is that real worshipers both have kind of moved spirits. There's an emotional change, an emotional reality, um, or at least kind of, a, if we don't want to use emotional language, at least we would say like a, an orientation change or a, a lived personal reality as well as truth, uh, learning something in our minds. And so for some people, they read this text and they say, you know, this is essentially the head-heart dichotomy, that, that people who worship him have to have their hearts moved and their, their heads moved. Um, but I, that always seemed really kind of reductionist to me. I mean, it seems like, of course, that's what 20th and 21st century Christians would say because that's primarily what 20th and 21st century Christians are arguing about, about worship, is, you know, in what ways should it touch the emotions, in what ways should it touch the mind, and, you know, I mean, the last 120 years of church history has been a huge battle about the Pentecostal movement and what the Pentecostal movement really means and what it means that the Holy Spirit comes among us when we worship, and, 
can we do things like speak in tongues or can we have worship have kind of ecstatic utterances or dancing or what you know what's what's appropriate in worship and um, it just seems a little too easy to me to say well Jesus is saying this this conflict you're having it's really not an either or it's it's a both and you know you need to have both the spirit and the truth it just seems like a very modern kind of interpretation to me plus of course the 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 clue at the beginning of that passage that God is spirit that clearly doesn't mean that God is this wildly emotional being who has no grasp on any objective reality or any concern for objective reality like when he says God is spirit and and you have to worship in spirit and truth that that also seems to undercut um, that that interpretation I mean, obviously, I think part of what Jesus is saying in spirit and in truth is is in re- reaction to the woman's question about, like, where do I worship? What's the right place? And part of it is saying it's not tied to a particular place. It's The, the hour is coming when we're going to realize that it's not really about, about any particular place to worship, but more about something that's going on inside the worshiper. So I, I think John is is trying to highlight for us Jesus' idea that that worship is somehow connected with this intangible reality that's in us, as opposed to the external reality of of where this is done. That's really, again, I want to be really careful there. I'm not trying to read too much into it. I'm not saying, um, you know, that all formal worship is bad. Like, if you know me well enough, you know that I get fairly attached to certain forms of worship. Um, But the idea that Worship is more than just externals, but has to do with the inside. When we come to worship, <laughs> nothing is hidden. Right? It's not just a matter of me saying the right words on the outside or going to the right place to go to do this, but, but we worship with our whole beings. Nothing is hidden from God. Um, God understands our motivations uh, God uh, desires us to, to follow him in purity, but recognizes that we don't always do that. Uh, and so it's wise for us to be thinking about worship in terms of how am I bringing my whole self to God? How am I acknowledging the reality that's going on in me that's not quite perfect? Right? How do I come to worship in a way that sort of acknowledges right up front, I'm a mixed bag right now, God? clean that. I confess that. Please clean it. Please take care of that. Um, work with me now. Uh, you know, enable, you know, the language we use in our opening prayer of, you know, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magn- cleanse the thoughts of our hearts that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. We pray that every day at evening prayer. And that idea of like, God, we're coming to you now and, and there's this internal reality that needs dealing with. And the more I deal with it, the more I'm ready to praise you, the more I'm ready to, for the encounter with you. If I'm, if I'm worshiping God correctly, I'm bringing my whole self to the task, and I'm coming acknowledging my whole self. So that makes it really important that we don't come into worship falling off the balance beam on either side. right? We don't come into worship only thinking of, I'm bringing my whole self to you, and everything is perfect, God. You know, I just want to praise you. Um, like, if we reinforce ideas that, that we, you know, our perfection is such that we just, we come to offer God our perfect beings, and, and, you know, we very easily begin to feel like we have the right way to worship, and other people are kind of screwed up, but God, you and I have it right, and, and we don't really open our hearts to that kind of whole being work that God wants to do. 
But it's also really important not to fall off the other side and, and to think that we can hide behind forms of worship and say it doesn't really, you know, I, I recognize I'm so imperfect that God just wants me to ritually repeat these words. No, like I, I want God to, again, cleanse my heart so that I could perfectly love him in that moment that I could bring my whole self to that task. And, and I don't know how God answers that prayer. I, I don't know um, because I, I don't think that I leave that prayer magically with everything healed and able to perfectly love God. But I do feel like the more I say that, the closer I get to being the kind of person who's ready to encounter God in a moment of worship. So if I'm worshiping in spirit as far as possible, I am bringing my whole spirit to the task. I'm bringing my whole self to God and I'm saying, God, I give you everything I know that I have. And like I said, I bring you everything I know I have, but I'm also desperate for corrective at the level of my spirit. I want my whole life to be brought into alignment with you so that I can be completely honest with you. You know, when we look at the world around us, we see often a base failure of honesty, a failure to be able to apprise our own motives rightly, don't we? I mean, just look at our political situation and how very easy it is for us to sort of presume that uh, those who don't see things quite like us are are not only misguided, but also evil in a way that we're not capable of. And it's very important, please, again, you know that I'm not trying to blur the differences in political distinctions and say all politics are equal in God's sight. No, I'm clearly not saying that. If you need to remember that, listen to any other podcast that I've given, because that's very important to me, that there is a right and wrong as we approach these questions. But it's also the humility to come to that realizing I could be wrong, and so I need to be really careful as I talk and as I, and that's so much, that's spirit work. Do you understand? That's heart work. <laughs> um, that's the work that, that can be touched during worship if I open myself up to actually worship in spirit and in truth. Howard Thurman talks about the importance of having a devastating sincerity. And um, I, I think that's kind of what, what Jesus is talking about when talking about worshiping in spirit and in truth. There's a devastating sincerity that talks to God honestly about who I am. And because I'm so sincere with God and consequently so sincere with myself, I am desperate not only to bring my spirit to him as it is, I'm desperate for his truth to correct that <laughs> and to bring that further into line with who he wants me to be here and now. All right, let me pray for us. God, we are thankful for worship, which we can bring our whole selves to you. We yearn to do that inside, God. We, we yearn not to run away from you, and yet um, there's so many powerful forces which keep us hiding, hiding from you and even hiding from ourselves. We thank you, God, for your desire that we would worship you in spirit and in truth, that we would bring our whole selves to the task of worship with a devastating sincerity that acknowledges just who we are and consequently helps us to see ourselves more clearly and to see ourselves as you see us, as deeply lovely and with flaws that still need to be worked out, that can be worked out the more that we, that we know you and know who we are in you. We pray that worship will accomplish this in our lives. That's very high-sounding stuff. And then when we consider the worship life that we experience on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, it can make us despair. So we pray that you'll help us to see, God, ways in which worship is doing that and help us to bring ourselves to that task in spirit and in truth. We ask this through Christ. Amen. Everybody, thanks for listening today, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.